Welcome to Catechesis, also known as Cats and Jesus. Catechesis is Greek for teaching, and that's what our hosts, Reverend James Goodlett and Reverend Adam Roberts, will do with this podcast, Teach. Each week, they will study, discuss, and dissect the week's scripture and spoken word. Catechesis is a digital outreach of First Presbyterian Church of LaGrange. Welcome your hosts, James and Adam. Welcome to Catechesis, a production of Lewis and Broad Media. My name is James Goodlett, one of the pastors here at First Presbyterian Church in LaGrange, GA. Normally accompanied by my good friend, the Reverend Dr. Adam Roberts, but it is move-in week at LaGrange College where Adam is the chaplain, which means things are crazy. So it's just me today, folks, riding solo, although I am joined in studio by our producer, director, creator, leader, the Reverend Leighton Parker. Leighton, you can come on mic. Need to see how you're doing today. Leighton, how we doing? I'll tell you, it's been a rough week for Leighton. She had the old Rona, but she's doing well. She's... I'm better now, so... Yeah, you're you're you we're, we're clear of it. Rocking and rolling. Good to have you back in the house, and good to be joined by all of y'all in this conversation about the scriptures, the scripture of the week. Today's a good one. I mean, they're all good ones. Well, I guess if we're being honest, they're just different kinds of good. Some of them are challenging, some of them are heartwarming, some of them are prophetic, some of them are, well, they just don't seem to make any sense. Those are always kind of fun, trying to make sense of the seemingly nonsensical. But today is, well, it's a good one, on multiple levels. If you'd like to hear other podcasts, go to lewisandbroad.org, by the way. Immediately after the recording of this particular episode of Catechesis, the Lewis and Broad Brain Trust will be getting together to put pen to paper, if you will, or marker to flip chart or whatever the case may be for season four. It's coming up, y'all. Stay tuned. You can... Keep track of what we're up to on our social media at Lewis and Broad and our website, lewisandbroad.org. Let's get on into this text for the week. Psalm 71, verses 1 through 6. That is what the lectionarians have assigned us, at least that one of the texts they assigned us. It's the one I chose for the week. I don't always know why I choose a particular text. It just kind of is what it is. Sometimes I feel led to pick one. Sometimes it just appeals to me. I think, hmm, that'd be interesting. I wonder where this one will go. So we're doing a psalm this week, Psalm 71, verses 1 through 6. And as we go into this text, as we start to unpack it a bit, I will tell you last week in my sermon on Hebrews, you can check it out at one of our pet one of our podcasts, Kerygma. That's the name of that one. It's the preach word every week. 
I said that there were three C's in the church, three C's that make up the church. Now, this list, as I will demonstrate, is by no means restrictive. It is not a closed loop. But I identified three as a starting off point. Three C's in the church, one of them being Christ, of course. It's kind of a big one. Community. And casseroles. Yes, what is the church without casseroles, without all the carbs, all the calories, all the comfort food? Sometimes we just need a good casserole especially in times of grief and times when many mouths and stomachs need to be fed. Casseroles come through in the clutch. But I, in the days since I preached that sermon, have identified three other C's in the church, three other core C's in the church. Then we got Christ, community, and casseroles. Then we got children. I haven't really encountered a church yet that isn't in some way passionate about ministry to children. Now, that passion manifests in different ways. Here at First Pres, we have two schools on site, and then we have Children's Church on Sunday. We have lots going on for the kiddos Wednesday nights. We have a ministry program called Kairos for the children. We baptize children. We have children's sermons. Children are the energy, a large part of the energy the electricity of a congregation. Children are vital. There's a lot about children that's said in Scripture as well. Jesus, don't get in the way of the child. It's better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck and sunk to the depths of the sea. Jesus wasn't playing around when it came to children. That's the fourth C, children. Fifth, catechesis. I'm not necessarily talking about this wonderful podcast a.k.a. cats and cheeses, which in and of themselves are two C's. Catechesis, when I say that, I mean people want to be taught. People want to learn. It has been my experience, no matter the setting, small groups, Sunday school, Wednesday nights, whatever it might be, people do want to learn about the scriptures about what God is doing and how God is working in their lives and in the life of the church and of the world. People are hungry to learn about scripture. People are hungry to learn what's really going on behind a text. That is why threes and fours of you tune into catechesis. But in all seriousness, people want to learn. They want to be taught. I want to learn. I want to be taught. Just because I'm the pastor doing this podcast doesn't mean I am the dispenser of all knowledge. We all have this hunger to learn about what's really going on in the world. We want to learn how to 
how to be and how to grow as disciples of Jesus Christ. So catechesis is number five. And number six, it's a little bit flexible. We we could call it chorus. We could call it chorales. Here's what I mean by this. People connect with music. We may not all have the capacity or the talent or the gift to sing or to play instruments, but people remember music. People remember music more than they will ever remember anything that is preached, certainly when I'm preaching. How do I know this? Well, I was recently preaching in a church, and they said, yes, Pastor Goodlett had a sermon last week called the parable of the bigger barn. And I smiled and I nodded. And I said, yes, I did. Wait, I did? I wrote the sermon. I had to think about it for a second. What did I say? I thought to myself. I had to go back and look at it. If I can't remember what I said, I, I really don't have any kind of expectation that people remember what I say every in any given Sunday. But people do remember music. They connect with music. That's not to say they don't connect with the preached word. But it's a different level, in my opinion, when it comes to music. It is why we get those earworms in our heads, songs stuck in our head. For whatever reason today, you are my sunshine. It, it just will not leave my head. We connect with music. And the writers of the scriptures knew that. The Psalms, the book of Psalms, which actually comes from the Greek translation or psalmoi, which means instrumental music, or the words accompanying music. It is hymnody. It is musical. It is 150 different hymns. That is a lot. It takes up a significant portion of the scriptural text because we connect with music. We connect with lyrics. Now, the Psalms aren't just hymns, not just songs, so to speak. They are prayers. Anne Lamont writes a book called Help, Thanks, Wow, and, and basically says, I would commend it to you, she says there are three different kinds of prayer, a help, a thanks, a wow. You get all of that in the Psalms. You get laments. You get prayers of thanksgiving. You get praise. But here's the thing about these Psalms, and this is what I really love about them. They are so very human, and they are so very real. 
you get the breadth of human experience in the Psalms. They can be raw. They can be unfiltered. They can be beautiful. They stick with us. There is a reason that one of the most oft-quoted scriptures and oft-used scripture is a psalm, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. People across the globe have committed that to memory. And it's, that's not purely an academic enterprise to commit it to memory. It is, it is a heart exercise. It is an extension of of what we believe and what we experience. That's what the Psalms do. They connect with us. We connect with them. They are part of our story, and we are part of theirs. So Psalm 71, when I talk about help thinks, wow, it, it has a little bit of everything in it. It has a little bit of help thinks, and wow, it's got some lament, thanksgiving, some praise. Scholars have hypothesized Psalm 71 was written by somebody who was advanced in age. There are scriptural allusions within Psalm 71. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Do not forsake me when my strength is spent. From my youth you've taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, I love that little bit, to old age and gray hairs, Psalmist was real. Do not forsake me until I proclaim your might. So it could be that this was written by somebody who was older. And yet somebody who found themselves to be in a challenging situation a situation where they needed to find refuge, a situation in which they feared being put to shame, a situation in which they needed deliverance and rescue. Incline your ear to me, the psalmist says. Save me. Be to me a rock of refuge, a strong fortress. Save me, for you are my rock and fortress. Rescue me, O oh my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and cruel. Help! And then thanks and wow for you, Lord, are my hope. You are my trust ever since I was a youth. I have leaned upon you from my birth. It was you who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. Now, this psalm, I will say, written by a person who was experiencing the depths, the valleys, yet still managed praise, this psalm is actually typically suggested to be used 
and or preached and or read during Holy Week. Psalm 71 actually contains phrases that we find in other psalms, like Psalm 22, Psalm 31, which in and of themselves are fairly raw, Psalm 22 especially. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Psalm 71 is typically read in relationship to the passion of Jesus Christ. So it is important for us to place this psalm within a greater context. Now, the psalmist, when they wrote this, did not have any knowledge, any connection to Jesus. And yet, the lectionarians and all their wisdom see the connections there. How Jesus, like the psalmist, called upon God. How Jesus, like the psalmist, cried out to God for refuge and for strength. How Jesus still, in spite of calling out to God, or in the midst of calling out to God, still managed praise. You are my hope. I lean upon you. My praise is continually of you. As people who follow Jesus, the incarnated, the God made flesh, there is great hope in knowing and remembering that Jesus, like the psalmist, experienced real emotion, real feeling, real pain, and real hope. So that when we experience those very same things, we connect directly to the divine. The psalmist here, advanced in age they may be, still manages a way forward, still hopes for a way forward. Jesus becomes that way forward. So how can we as the church pray the psalm with integrity? Believing and hoping in spite of those times when we, all we want is refuge. All we want is to sing a song of deliverance. How do we hold fast to faith and how do we carve out a way forward the path that God has carved out for us? How do we mirror and reflect the psalmist who in spite of everything proclaims and procures and preaches belief. So that will wrap up this episode of Catechesis. I leave those questions to you. How do you relate to the psalmist? 
What songs are you singing this day? What psalms are you praying this day? Feel free to engage us on our social media at Lewis and Broad, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the places. Check us out again on lewisandbroad.org and look forward to having you join us again next week. As always, remember who and whose you are. Thanks for joining us this week at Catechesis. Follow along on our social media and our websites at fpclagrange.org and lewisandbroad.org. Until next week.